Today we're talking about all the things to think about buying for your new baby. We will be talking about the nursery, newborn clothing needs, what you might need when you're out and about, feeding and bathing necessities, and things you might need for playtime with baby. Don't worry about writing it all down. We will have a downloadable list for you. Have a look in the show notes for a link to that. Let's get started. You're listening to the How the Mum 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen. And I'm Felicity. Let's start with the nursery. That's where baby's going to spend the majority of their time to start with, right? So I think the biggest ticket item, which you would probably agree, is the cot and everything that goes with the cot as well. So once you've decided on the cot that you want, you will select a cot mattress and then your linen. So there are guidelines about what you can and can't put in the cot as far yeah. as SIDS go. So usually what they suggest is you don't want any um, pillows for a newborn or any comforters. So it's really just about um, cot sheets and blankets. Yeah. Yeah, really just a fitted sheet and the mattress is all you want in there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you might want to consider as well is if you are looking at getting a change table in the nursery, you can get a lot of um, sets that go go together nicely. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll probably get those together. Those, they're probably the two big ticket items that I would start with is the cot and the changing table. Yeah, and they can be quite expensive. If you go and buy them brand new, you'll probably be paying 500 or over $1,000. Uh, but you can get them pretty much more reasonably on Facebook Marketplace or hand-me-downs. Yeah. You can have access to those things. Um, you know, it's it's often solid timber furniture, so it, it lasts through multiple owners yeah, quite and well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And if you did buy something secondhand, you would just get yourself a fresh mattress and a, um, a foam like change table mat that goes on top yeah. of the change table, which is what I did. Mine was a hand-me-down. We just painted it and, and did that. I think some people... For me personally, a change table is also not negotiable because you're changing a lot of nappies in the beginning. So that not having to bend over and do that is is quite good. Yeah, that's a funny one actually because <laughs> I see in the in the pregnancy groups on Facebook, I see a lot of um, disagreement on that. Like a lot of a lot of people say it's completely unnecessary, just do it on the bed or mm. or whatever. But as you said, absolutely saves your back and the other thing is it saves the mess. Yes, I wasn't using mine for some reason. Obviously, had major baby brain or something but I didn't use mine for the first three months and I was doing it in the bassinet and it was constantly making a mess I was constantly (laughs) washing bassinet sheets and it's so silly because it can be so well contained on a change table (laughs) absolutely and also like depending on the the type of change table mine has got so much storage space underneath oh yeah so once a week or once a fortnight I would just open up all the nappies make sure the wipes are topped up you know you spew cloths whatever else it is that you need and also it's just all there. You just reach down and grab it. So, yeah. I, I, I love mine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not negotiables for me. <laughs> um, what about a bassinet? Did you have a bassinet? I did have a bassinet, yes. Um, I think also in terms of SIDS, and by the way, if you want to research SIDS, um, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but I think they do recommend for the first 6 to 12 months that you have baby sleeping in the room with you. Yes. Uh, so we, we went ahead and followed that advice uh, by using a bassinet, which we had next to the bed. It was a very small one, and I think babies only lasted about five months in there, and then we had to move them into the cot. Um, but I'm yeah. surprised they lasted five months because you, <laughs> you had decent-sized babies. Yeah, pretty chunky ones. Yep. Yeah, and and I, I personally, I didn't use one, but I've always heard that people say by about sort of three months that the baby's starting to grow out of the bassinet. Yeah, it, it does get a bit tight 
in there, but yeah, we persisted <laughs> until they were well out of space. Um, because obviously with a cot, you either have to then move them into their room. Yes. And at sort of five, six months old, you might not be ready to do that. Um, and then the alternative is to move the cot into your bedroom, which we did uh, because I had babies that didn't want to sleep on their own. Uh, and um, yeah, so we did that and it, it's not, it, it takes up a lot of space. Yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah. So then you've got your sleeping area, whether it's a cot or a bassinet and you've got your sheets. You also need sleeping bags. Yep. Swaddles, wraps, that sort of thing. So there's quite a range of sleeping bags that are available these days. Um, you can get the ones with the arms in, the ones with the arms out. You can swaddle your baby. Some babies, you can swaddle them for a lot longer than others, but they start getting like Houdini and they can wriggle their arms in and out. So I had probably, I can't even tell you how many different muslin wraps I had. I had flannelette ones and muslin ones and lots of different swaddles as well and lots of different sleeping bags. So you're going to need a variety of those and you'll need to do some research because there is a lot to choose between. Yeah, I think uh, we started out with swaddling with a... Um, like a swaddle, you know, square piece of material, whether that yes. was muslin or, or whatever. We used that for probably the first month or so because you can swaddle it really tight and yeah. it just makes baby feel like they're, they're still tucked up in the womb. Uh, we found that that helped a lot with settling them. And then we moved on to the, uh, what are they called? Love to dream. Love to dream. <laughs> Um, your kids didn't, didn't no, agree with those, did they? they? didn't. But I absolutely love them. They are so much easier than swaddling with a square, but probably not. I mean, you can use them from birth, but I found them much more useful a little bit later. But yeah, they're great. You just zip them up. I ended up going with Ergo, the Ergo range, Ergo cocoon, Ergo yes, pouch, where they've got yeah. breast studs on the shoulders and you can slowly release them. But that's a whole nother. There's so many options. So many those. options. Yeah. You're definitely going to need some variety. Uh, and not negotiable for me was a monitor. So having a baby monitor in the room because the baby's room was down the other end of the house. Yeah. So again, lots of options here, whether you want a video monitor, an audio monitor, there's so many different types these days. Yeah, there's even oxygen and, and heart yeah. rate monitors Yes, now. there yeah. are. So we just sort of went with the base model, just an audio one. Um, I can't remember, I think Oricom or something like that. But it's just nice, a nice, simple one. And that was enough for us. I didn't want to... I felt like I could be a little bit obsessive if you could see the baby as well. So mm. I thought, yeah, if you can hear the baby move, um, they've got lullabies, they've got built-in thermometers, and they're portable as well. So you can, if you go outside or to another part of the house, you can take the monitor with you so you can hear if baby wakes up. Yeah, and for us, we, we did have a video one because I um, I just need to see what's going on. <laughs> I just have that need. Not surprised. Uh, but obviously, I didn't think of this before giving birth, it seems pretty obvious to me now, though, but we didn't use it for, for quite some months because baby was in the same room as us. So that's something to consider is that if you are going to have baby in the same room as you, then monitor is something that you can delay purchasing for a few months until you're ready for it. It's a good idea. It's a good time. Good idea, actually. And the other nego not negotiable for me was white noise. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, again, like everything, so many options for these ones. And some of the monitors that you buy will actually have built-in white noise as well. The problem with that, though, for me was that if you're playing the white noise through the monitor in baby's room, you can also hear the white oh, noise yes. in your room, um, unless you turn the volume down. But if you turn the volume down or turn it off, then you can't hear baby crying, so it defeats the purpose. Yeah. So, personally, you would need a separate yeah. machine for your white noise. And you can get something really simple for 20 bucks all the way through with a variety of bells and whistles. You can record your own sounds. 
you can have there's like the shusha the baby shusha so oh, there's yeah. yeah which actually makes the shushing sound so it's, and you can use apps on your phone as well so if you yeah. do have a spare phone lying around uh there's a bat app called baby sound sleeper or something like that there's we'll a, put, we'll put a few links in maybe but um yeah you can those play all sorts of different noises like vacuum cleaners and cars and things like that which are great yeah and and actually now as well with my second child i also ended up getting a like a diffuser and that actually plays sounds as well so there's uh, there's yeah. quite a few things now like quite a few things on the market that um have a multi-purpose yeah so you can get you know the red light you can get um mm. sound and you can get a diffuser as well so yeah, definitely do your research about what you think you might want because you, you might be able to just buy one thing that does... Multiples. Multiples. Yeah. We had a chair in both of our um, our nurseries. So uh, unlike you, we didn't go with a bassinet. We went with a cot. So baby went straight into baby's room. And so it was important for me to have a comfortable chair so that yep. when I was doing those nighttime feeds that I had some, somewhere really comfortable to sit. Um, so yeah, make sure, make sure you definitely do your research with your chairs as well. And then you can practice getting up and out of the chair, holding, potentially holding a baby, not using your arms because once you've breastfed baby, you need to be able to get up. And Very stealthily. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't realize how often you use your hands to lift your body weight. So you want to be able to get up and out of the chair without hurting your back, without tripping over, without dropping baby essentially yeah and the other thing is uh just think about the position of the baby's head yeah think about where the baby's head is going to be when you're nursing the baby uh because you don't want an armrest to get in the way or to be particularly sharp or something digging into baby's head there yeah that's a really good point and you know like the second time around we actually bought a rocking chair because i thought that would be great because i'd be able to rock backwards and forwards but uh, it actually is really difficult to get out of a rocking chair with a sleeping baby. <laughs> so my advice is probably not to go that way. So, yeah. so then there, yeah, that's all the practical stuff. And then there's the aesthetic aesthetics, which is the fun part. So uh, picking a theme and a scheme and whether you want to do decals on the wall, whether you want to do um, a, a mobile above the baby's bed, you can get some really cute ones. You can get a beautiful rug. So there's lots of things that you might want to start to bring in some prints on the wall, some bookshelves, that sort of stuff. Make it look pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all about practicality, so I don't do any of that stuff. So, like, you don't. That's absolutely not something you need to do. But if you if you want to have a beautiful nursery, then uh, there's so many different resources you can look at. Okay, so okay, so moving. So you've got your nursery decked out now. So what about clothing for the baby? Yes. So this is a. It's sometimes a tricky one to figure out uh, what sizes you need and what uh, you have to line that up with what seasons the baby is going to be in each size, which yes. can be quite tricky because you don't know how fast they're going to grow and move through the different sizes. Um, what's, what size did your baby start in? So both of my babies were in four noughts to start with. And the first child, Ruby, she grew very quickly. So she was out of four noughts pretty quickly and into three noughts. She how was quickly also, do you think? Uh, well, she was born in the middle of winter as well. So what my point was going to be there was you're actually quite often rugging them up and you're inside a warm house too. So it goes back to that seasonality point too. But I would say probably within, you know, two months, um, depending on the brand, and you'd know this yeah. too, some of the brands that she was um, she was out of those pretty quickly. I think another tip um, is if they've got the built-in legs, built-in toes, mm. that actually can limit limit how long they can be in them for 
because if they've got if they've got long legs, you know, you want them to be able to stretch their legs out too. So as opposed to ones that have um, feet that you know have like an ankle band, yeah. And then you put socks on, they might you might be able to get away with them for a bit longer. But I'd say within you know within a month to two months, she was starting to grow out of the four noughts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we had the same with our babies. We both of us had fairly uh, big babies between three and a half and four kilos. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're gonna have if you're expecting a smaller baby or an early baby, then you could go down a size to five zeros. Um, again, that probably wouldn't be for very long. <laughs> Depends how, how fast baby grows. But I would say for most babies, they would start in four zeros. And then, like yeah. I said, it'll probably be one to two months. Yep, absolutely. So so grab a few of those, particularly the ones with long, long sleeves and long legs. Yes. And um, you might want to grab a few three zeros as well yeah definitely and you want your baby to look beautiful but the reality is you're going for practicality too so they just live in those onesies don't they they do yeah Yeah. they don't need to wear real clothes like I used when I had tiny babies I used to have I think I used to call it real clothes Fridays where I used (laughs) to force myself to put them in real clothes because they were there and I felt like I wasn't going to use them because you're really not going anywhere fancy most of the time yeah uh, and a, a onesie is perfectly acceptable for a newborn to wear out. Yeah, and you've got to think about those nappy changes, which are frequent. So, yeah, it's bodysuits, it's singlets as well, you know, the yep. little bonds, bonds vest or singlets, and depending on the season, you might want to grab yourself some beanies. But other than that, yeah, I think I don't think you're even going to try and get shoes onto a baby until they're at least six months old, really, are you? Oh, no, I definitely wouldn't, but, you know, some people out there might. So the next group of things we're going to talk about is for when you're out and about, you may want to invest in a pram. Selecting a pram is not easy. It's not. There are so many different choices and brands. Flick, do you have any advice on what are some of the things to look out for when you're selecting a pram? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the two biggest things are when you go to buy a pram, take it out to your car and pack it down and see how easy it is to get in and out of your car. Because mm-hmm. that for me was a, an eye-opener. Because I was, I remember being in, in the, I think it was baby bunting, and I had my heart set on a certain pram, and we took it out to the car. And so then, they let you do that? Yes, absolutely. Cool. It's a big ticket item. If you're buying a brand new pram, it could be anywhere up to $1,000 or, or more, right? Yeah. So, and it's, it is one of the most functional, you know, things that you're going to, I've still got my pram and my, my kids are four, you know? So yeah. you want something that's going to be hard wearing. So for me, it's about understanding, like take it out, take it out to your car, have the car there that you're going to be driving and take it out to your car and see how easy it is to pack it down, to lift it up and to get it in and out of your boot. And how much room is left after you And how much in. room is left. And also whether it's one piece or two pieces and how easy it is to get it apart and put it back together. Yeah. Um, that is one of my biggest tips and yep. not negotiables. And if the company's not going to let you do that, because they're, they're, they're display models generally, yeah. um, take, it for a, take it for a wheel, take it for a push outside and see how easy it is to get in and out of your car because different boots have different um, capacities and also different prams fold down a lot easier than others. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably my biggest one. And I guess the second one is just to think about um, what your, your makeup of your house as well because some prams are a lot wider uh, particularly if you're having multiples, obviously, which we didn't, but whether you want a double pram that is a side-by-side or a um, front one and whether you, if you've got another toddler or whether you're planning on having another child might also play into your decision about what type of pram you might want to buy. Yeah. Also, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite passionate about this one because I went with the pram that, that I loved, but 
the undercarriage in terms of the storage. Yeah, that's is, what I was going to say. Was it? <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. There's so much on the pram, but I, if I could get more storage in my pram, it's probably yeah. the, my, my, my biggest bugbear. I love my pram, but there's not enough storage. And also how easy it is to access the storage, right? Yes. Because sometimes you'll, you'll want to go to the supermarket or something and pick up 10 things. Uh, and can you fit those things in the pram? Cause you can't push a pr- trolley and a pram at the same time or carry a basket yes. in a pram. Yes. <laughs> it's impossible. So think about those things. Yeah. Uh, the other one you also might want to think about is whether or not you're going to use a capsule in your car. So that's one of the next items on the list is whether you're going to have a car seat from, from birth or a capsule system, but the capsule choice comes into your pram selection as well, because it's got to be compatible. Yes. hundred percent. And you don't know these things, Yeah, but you can buy also a converter, which is what we yep. did. So okay. we had a capsule that was a different brand to our pram. Yeah. But we bought a converter, which sat on top of, it's like a little metal frame that sits on top of the pram base. Yeah. And then the capsule clicked into it, so it made it compatible. Yeah. And but that's that, not universal. Like, it's there would, not, you there need would to, be certain things that yeah. you could use an adapter for versus definitely. not, right? Yeah. So you definitely need to find that out as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, lots of decisions. Yeah. Well, should we just follow on the, the car seat yeah. theme as well? So there's a lot of choices to make with a car seat too, yeah. isn't there? I mean, the biggest one is I... Are you going to use a capsule or not? Yeah. I think you've got to weigh up cost with convenience. Uh, you've got to think about if you have had, if you're potentially going to have a C-section, are you going to be able to carry the weight of a capsule? Um, how long is the baby going to be able to use the capsule? I think normally it's six months, six months max. right? Yeah. And then you're going to have to buy a car seat anyway, anyway. after that. Yeah. But a lot of car seats are only useful from six months plus so if you are going to use a car seat from birth you have to find one that's suitable from birth yeah and also if you have got a capsule and you're going to use a capsule then you can probably park the car seat purchase for you know a couple of months down the track if you're if you're a bit tired on money yeah yeah so some of the other things to consider when you're selecting a car seat is the age that it's useful for so some car seats like i said go from six months onwards some start from newborn, some uh, some go up until four years, some go up until eight years, and some convert into a booster seat yeah. at some point. So <laughs> for us, we bought a car seat that was suitable from birth to eight years, and it go it uses a harness until eight years. Okay. So the harness means it's the five point thing that comes out of the the actual car seat versus a booster seat, which uses the seat belt in the car to go over the seat. Does that make sense? It does. It does so make sense. Just make sure that you're reading all those things and, and considering what's suitable for you. Yeah. The other thing is if you are interested in extended rearward facing. Yes. So obviously all babies have to start out rear facing in the car. Yes. Once they turn six months, they are allowed to turn around and some seats will only let the baby get
get to about six months before they're, they have to turn around based on how the seat is built. Yeah. But some seats have extended rearward facing, which allows them go, to go up to about two or three years old. Oh, so facing. much to consider, isn't there? Yeah. Sorry, did I just like... No, it's, it's <laughs> actually, it's, it's really important though, because you need to, people need to be educated in this sort of stuff. It's because so you, hard to find the info. It is really hard. And, and some people have really strong opinions on this stuff too. So, okay, so with the car seat, yep. you've got baby and car. What else do we need? A window shade was a really good one for me because yep. the sun is really bright and you want to protect baby from the sun, also protecting them from the sun, but also not interrupting their sleep. Mm-hmm. So a really good quality window shade to go on the window of your car. Yep. And I also found a, a mirror to sit on the back of the seat. Uh, I found that really useful as well because if they're rear facing, you can't see them in your rear view mirror unless they've also got a mirror. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And it's just those small little small little things that give you confidence that everything's okay when yeah. baby's crying or when baby's not crying. Yes. Being able to see them. And what about, apart from having a pram or a capsule, what about a baby carrier, like a one that goes on your person? Yeah, I've, I've tried a few different baby carriers. I had a hugabub, which is just a long piece of material that you wrap round and round, and it's quite complicated to set up. Um, some people find those absolutely great i struggled to get into mine but i also had a i ended up getting an ergo baby Mm. carrier which i used every day with my second um and that that i found really useful like if i was going shopping or something because i could have baby on my body and still push a trolley or something like that so i i use that every day yeah i sadly didn't have the same experience I just couldn't my babies didn't like them and I felt uncomfortable in them I wish I persisted for longer because I liked the the idea of having my hands for free but yeah that just didn't work for me but there's so many options out there so I think yeah it's about I think for me it was just the confidence of getting the baby in and out and also yeah sitting right because it was hurting my back so the other thing that a lot of people focus on buying is a nappy bag oh of course and you can you know you can get all sorts of fancy ones and all sorts of not fancy ones at all and they've usually got all sorts of little pockets inside where you can store dummies and bottles and spare clothes and all sorts of things yeah. um, I, th- I think you can go as far as you want with these ones I mean with my second child I just bought a backpack yes I was just like, gonna say just that not even a nappy bag one just a regular Kmart one yeah it was fine one with like good storage and stuff that's not that aesthetically pleasing but actually just does the job yeah my nappy bag felt uh like it should have been able to fit more in it but i think it looked good but it didn't have all the bells and whistles that i needed it to so okay so then there's i guess keeping baby clean so sort of in the the bathing clean cleanliness category most people will either bath baby in kitchen sink or laundry sink or some sort of sink in the house for the first couple of months with a small insert like a little it's like a little um hammock almost that can sort of sit in there or they'll have a hard plastic yeah baby bath so either of those is fine just depends on the setup of your house and, and what you've got available i will say that i did have a the big sort of plastic baby bath which was handed down to me so and they're not that expensive you can buy them pretty cheap but they don't last that long in them and you still need the little insert in there as well um because yeah they're baby very bulky too they take up so much space and you need to think about where you position it so that you can drain the water out of it as well so ours we had a pretty good setup in our laundry had I not been given one, I probably wouldn't have bought one. And, and then once you move out of that big baby bath, you will still use some sort of insert to hold baby when you put them into the family bath, if that's what you're going to do or whether you're going to bath them in the shower. There's quite a few contraptions as well. <laughs> like if, if you can think of it, someone's created it. 
but you know that just that standard little the hammocky thing yeah we use the hammock i found that really great a lot of people don't use anything at all they just keep their hand under baby's uh yeah. neck and back to support them mm. and that's fine as well if you don't want to purchase anything but yeah the hammock is is great particularly these days because baths are so big and so deep it's not like you're like you've kind of got to lean over and it can be quite can, can get quite challenging for your back um, and your arms so yeah the hammock and you're also going to need uh, like I didn't use a thermometer but some people use a baby bath thermometer to check the temperature yeah I did uh, for the first few weeks just because <laughs> I just wanted to do everything absolutely correctly and I didn't know what 30 whatever degrees felt like <laughs> <laughs> with my hand and I didn't want it to be too cold or too hot so I did use a thermometer for the first few times and then you get used to what it feels like yeah you can do it off by heart and realistically, in terms of actually washing baby, you don't need to go crazy with lotions and creams and shower gels and, and all that no. sort of stuff. Babies are, most babies, a lot of babies have really sensitive skin and, you know, you just want to keep it as clean as possible. Mm. Um, just a bit of baby body wash would be good. Most babies don't have too much hair, but if you do have a hairy baby, <laughs> some shampoo can be useful. And uh, some face cloths are also handy uh, just to make sure you clean everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't really have a hairy baby, but even if you did, like, you're not really washing baby's hair that often, are you? I, I did. My baby's had a lot of hair. And yeah, within a few weeks, I was using shampoo on their hair because it would get very oily if you just used um, body soap. Sure. Uh, should we go into feeding next? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, feeding. <laughs> <laughs> feeding can be a challenging time. So, I mean, one of the one of the big things that a lot of people get is a nursing pillow. I didn't have one for my first. I did have one for my second and I never used it. <laughs> well, I tried a few times, but I actually found it uh, much easier to just use a few cushions from the couch yep. and put them under my um, feeding arm that was cradling the baby. And that was that was the best for me. I have to agree with you there. I, I went all out and bought this like this pillow that was like basically like a U shape that went around your body, yeah. and I just found it so bulky and annoying and got in way of my elbows and my arms and stuff. So I was the same as you. I I just ended up using a few cushions. So um, definitely have a have a pri have a practice with one of those nursing pillows. Yeah, a lot of people swear by them, so uh, I think it just depends on the person. But the the thing about feeding is that you don't you you don't really think about it beforehand, but depending on your style and settling into your style, you can actually cause quite a bit of strain on your shoulders and your arms. Yeah. So you have to find a position that, that really re helps you relax and not stress those muscles. Yeah, definitely. And a baby can get a good latch and just sit there basically. Yeah. Speaking of that, you, you're definitely going to need some nipple cream. 100% <laughs> go and buy like a year's worth of supply. Yes. The purple tube, the lamb. Lance. Lansano, Lanasol, however you say it, Lansano, yeah. like that's the best one. It's it's a godsend. You will need it. And potentially some nipple shields or some breast pads, depending on how feeding is going for you as well and how leaky you are. Yep. You're going to need a good supply of um, apparatus to support <laughs> your boobs. Yes, I, I, think if, I think most people would need breast pads, um, particularly while their milk supply is coming in. Mm. Uh, there will be, there will absolutely be leakage. Um, <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it. Especially when you're feeding on one side and you get a letdown oh. and it comes out the other side as yes. well. Yep, that's good. Good <laughs> if time. If you didn't know that before, that happens. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
with my second, I actually ended up getting some reusable breast pads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm all into like disposable stuff. Um, sorry about the environment, but I do like things to be easy to use. But I found that the, the reusable ones, I found that they were a lot more comfortable. They, oh, fit, okay. they fit in my bra a lot better. Yep. Um, and yeah, they work great for me. Oh, that's a good tip. Mm, didn't have to keep buying them. Yeah. Um, another thing that you might want to consider is a breast pump. Yep. Depending on your breastfeeding journey and how you're going with feeding um, and how, how your milk supply is going. So a breast pump is another good option. You can hire them, I think. You could probably borrow one. It really depends. With my first pregnancy, I was pumping a lot in between feeding, but with my second one, not so much. So it, it comes down to personal choice as well and, and what's working for you. But there's also another thing that um, I got with my second pregnancy, which I used a lot more, which is called a hucker. And it's like a little manual, um, it's not an electronic pump, essentially. It's a manual pump that just sort of sits on. And there's that letdown that you were talking Mm -hmm. about. Catches it. It was really good for that because it catches it rather than losing that milk into a breast pad. You would lose it into, or you'd not lose it, you'd catch it into the hucker. And then you could transport that into a bottle. And you'd be surprised how much (laughs) comes in the letdown and how much milk you're actually losing in your breast pad. So that's something to look at as well. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, bottles as well. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to need bottles. You you certainly don't have to uh, pump milk and feed it out of a bottle. You may or may not end up using formula. It's it's really down to how your journey goes and and how what decisions you make along the way there. Yeah, and if you're if you are um, pumping and expressing a lot, you might want to consider some milk storage yep. um, bags as well, so that you can store it and they'd potentially freeze it safely too. Yeah, I think that probably covers feeding. Yeah. And so I think the last category is playtime. So some of the things to consider here are a play mat for your baby to play on initially or to lie on. Initially, you only need something really the size of a baby, (laughs) about a metre by a metre, I'd say. And um, that's just for them to lie on so that you can uh, goo-goo and gaga and hold things in front of their face that are interesting for them to look at. Yeah, and also so that you can promote tummy time in a comfortable environment because you sort of it's... Tummy time is one of those things you don't really know about until mm. people start talking to you about it. So you want them to have somewhere comfortable to lay. Yep. Another thing you might want to consider is a baby swing. These can range from things that are not battery operated <laughs> at all, that are just a little sling for the baby to lie in. And it holds them so their back at about 45 degrees so that they can sort of see what's going on. Um, life can get a little bit boring if you're only looking at the ceiling. So yes. I've found that babies tend to love those but some babies don't take to it at all yeah absolutely right there's a lot of different options there as well like you mentioned battery operated ones that will vibrate you've got ones that just vibrate up and down ones that swing backwards and forwards play music yeah all sorts all sorts so definitely do some research and if you've got a friend that's got a baby you can try and borrow one of theirs and just see if your baby likes it before you buy one yeah but they can range from you know twenty dollars at kmart to seven hundred dollars for some crazy ones and yeah, I think probably just some some little toys, rattlers, things for baby to grab onto, things for baby to play with. Yeah, some bright colours and things that you can hang on the pram or or a mobile. Babies just love staring at things. Colourful things and things yeah. that move. So actually, when you put it like that, there's actually a fair bit there, but not all of it you need straight away and not all of it you will need. Like we've just discovered between the two of us, there's personal choices about things that you may or may not want to bring into your home. I hope that puts you onto a good start on thinking about all the things you will need for your new baby's arrival. If you have any questions about anything, please head over to our private Facebook group. It's called How to Mum 101. We would love to start up a chat with you over there. 
Anyway, that's it for today. Catch you next time.